0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: Fantasy
2: Football Frenzy. Oh, yo, yo, hello. It's Fantasy Football Frenzy. Alongside Matt Motika, the all in kid Jake Sealy. I'm Greg Sussman, continuing on, filling in for the fantasy executive,
3: Corey Parson. Today, what's going on? Matt Hayfield. Uh, I'm feeling good. What's this? Hour number four of the six-hour Greg Sussman marathon. A little Sussmania
2: action today. Six straight hours. Uh, we're halfway home. We are halfway home today. Uh, as I anchor all of our morning coverage here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. But I'm alongside you, which was uh, which is great for the next couple hours. And now I get to pre-talk uh, for the next two hours. First time in a long time, I get a straight two hours uh, with Jake Seely. What's up, Jake?
1: Yeah, that's true. It's actually, I think it's the first time we've had two hours together since it the ceiling. Wow, it's been that long? Yeah, because every time we've done like guest spot things, it's been about an hour. It hasn't been like a yeah, full show. I
2: feel, like we, we, I feel like we haven't sat down for a, a full show. I feel like you may have, I don't know, maybe not. I, I was thinking like maybe I filled in somewhere, or you filled in somewhere, but I feel like it hasn't yeah, been for an extended period of time. for an hour, yeah, exactly. So, um, this is a really good ch- a chance to talk a little fantasy with Jake. I don't have to check the link, it's awesome. Uh, I can actually just talk to the all in kid here uh, and-, and to you. Uh, and I know we, we want to hear from you and about what happened. On Sunday at 844-843-6879. We'll get those full nights up and run. we got the Goon Hour coming up next hour. I'm very excited, Matt, to be part of the Goon Hour, finally.
3: The Goon Hour is great. I love it. Uh, I'm always excited for the Goon Hour. Absolutely. And we have a
2: lot of details from yesterday to get started with. And, Jake, I wanted to begin with you with the game that we were talking about at the end of the roto Express program, which was... What the hell happened yesterday with Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette? The Jaguars basically said, listen, we were in you know, pass-catching modes. We, we had TJ Yeldon and Chris Ivory in there. Uh, the Chargers said Austin Eckler was running better. We had the guy that was just not basically the hot-hand approach. When you have Leonard Fournette and Melvin Gordon, you shouldn't be using the hot-hand approach. I completely agree.
1: I got to tell you, between the two, though... The one I'm more concerned about is Melvin Gordon. And for a few weeks, actually all the way back till about I think week two or three of the season, you know, Matt knows this is I brought up Austin Eckler at the beginning of the season as somebody at a long term stash because of Melvin Gordon's injury history. And I never thought he was gonna usurp him, never thought he was gonna steal his job or steal touches. The biggest thing is I don't think Melvin Gordon's 100 percent. I don't think he's going to be for the rest of the year because we heard it's a toe. And we all know the toe issues, the turf toe, whatever you want to call it, especially when we talk about running backs, is something that could bother you for the rest of the season. So if that's what was affecting him yesterday and that's why Eckler was more involved, you could definitely see that. If anything, coming out of that game, even if Gordon's back to 100 percent, Eckler has proven just how effective he could be in the passing game. So I'm worried that we might not see Melvin Gordon back to ever that work where we were seeing in the first half of the season.
2: Not yeah, I, that... I remember when we talked to Dr. Ray a couple of weeks ago, he thought Jay Ajayi and Melvin Gordon were both in trouble. Mm-hmm. And maybe Jake's right. There is something concerning yeah, no, about Jake Melvin Gordon. Yeah,
3: no, Jake was on Eckler early. I did get some shares of him. I've held on to most of them. But I'm concerned about Leonard Fournette. As well. Okay. Because, you know, they don't seem to think that he's 100% healthy. Maybe he's not 100% healthy. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he was benched last week on top of the disciplinary. Well, I mean, it was Corey
2: was the one that actually said this repeatedly yeah. that he doesn't believe that Leonard Fournette is 100%, which is why he was one of the reasons he was benched last week, one of the reasons that he probably was held out this week, that he's just not there with that ankle or foot or whatever it is, and they don't want to run him into the ground. So uh, we'll see for a team that obviously has playoff aspirations. Just so many times, he just wanted them to just hand the ball to Leonard Fournette, let him run out the middle, and see what you could do. Instead, they almost let Blake Bortles throw the game. Amazing. All right, we're well, we going to take a break. When we come back, we have a bunch of news and notes to get to, some random stuff, including Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, and a whole lot more. It's Fantasy Football Frenzy rocking and rolling on a Monday. Mike filling in for the fantasy executive here on Monday. You guys, of course, coming up in a little bit, Dr. Ray, in one hour from now. But we had a lot of uh, news and notes to get to from yesterday. And one of the more interesting ones is with your team, the Minnesota Vikings. Like, as you're wearing the Buffalo Bills hat, your team is the Vikings, specifically Jarek McKinnon, because you've talked a lot about how you believe Jarek McKinnon is uh, easily a top 10 back on the phone. In fact, there's only a handful of backs, Matt, that... You don't prefer over Jarek McKinnon. And yet, over the last four games, Latavius Murray has had 15, 18, 19, and 17 carries. He's owned in 66% of CBS leagues, started in just 12% of those leagues this past week. Are we underrating Latavius Murray
3: and thus overrating Jarek McKinnon? No, I don't don't think so. I I think uh, Murray has a role. And he was good in that role last season. We saw with the Raiders. Look, Jack McKinnon right now in a PPR is running back number twenty. He's started half the games this season. He's got ten less points than Devonta uh, than Jordan Howard. Eight less points than Devonta Freeman. So look, he's gotten it done. Three out of those five games, he's gotten twenty five points more. Yesterday, he just wasn't needed in that role. I mean, the the passing game. I mean that, that first half, or we'll probably say first three quarters, Case McKinnon was Case McKinnon. I got uh, Case McKinnon. <laughs> Case McKinnon. I can't even say his damn name anymore. But uh, he was pretty much on
2: fire. Yeah, he he was scorching uh, scorching hot, Jake. But are we underrating Latavius Murray here a little bit? Like, I get it. I get the Jerry McKinnon love. I think he bounces back. I agree with Matt. Like, he's somebody that I still feel very very confident with going forward. But should we be loving Latavius Murray a little bit more?
1: I think so. Actually, I think that we might need to cool our jets a little bit on McKinnon. Oh, okay. I was on McKinnon as well. I actually, yeah. I actually had him in a ton of DFS lineups yesterday. But the same thing is, I mean, we can make the argument with the, one of the things I wrote about heading into it was three of the four games, 20 plus points. Well, now you can say two of the three last games, he hasn't scored 10 and even in PPR. And if you look at if you look at the game log, all his big double digit scores came with a touchdown and that's where my biggest concern comes it's not jarek mckinnon i still think he's very talented i think he brings a lot to this offense i think he's a good fit for this offense but the last three games three and a half yards or less per carry and now with those touches you just mentioned for latavius murray it's basically a timeshare if you're talking about timeshare and that's why i'm concerned about the mckinnon side of it is because of the touchdowns if you watch yesterday's game and they keep doing what they've been doing with murray and using him at the goal line and inside the five and inside the ten and McKinnon and is not scoring from outside of 20 yards, that's my concern. And the reason I was on McKinnon is because he was getting some of those touches. He wasn't having to score from 20 yards out. Now he's back into that role. So I think one is we kind of overrated McKinnon a little bit, but because we were ignoring the usage that they wanted to keep giving to Latavius Murray. So I think it's actually a bit of a mix of both.
2: Well, McKinnon did have a shot, I believe, at least one from inside the 10 or around there where they gave him the ball. He went down to like the two, and ultimately I think that might have been the pass. He got the one. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So he got that. He got that one. But Latavius Murray is obviously the goal line back. You're 100% right about that. But looking at the schedule going forward, mm-hmm. Jake facing the Rams, then the Lions, Falcons, Panthers, I'm looking for a game script that really lines up for McKinnon. I'm not sure I see it
1: no because what you want for mckinnon is them to be down i think the rims actually the rams might point to that you got an aggressive offense that might help them definitely in that game the panthers are concerning because they're good against the run no matter what so there's some here i think the lions if they click like they did yesterday offensively you can get to that flow but you want to get you want a high scoring game on both sides of the ball to see mckinnon get a game where you say hey he could get into that rb1 range if anything right now ppr He's a mid-low RB two, and I'd say kind of on that fringe in standard. He's definitely an RB
2: two, though. It's so interesting that because, like I said, I going got, into this week, yeah, he I was a rock think, solid RB one for you.
3: I, I like this schedule going forward. I mean, Carolina plays the run very well, but you know he can catch the ball. That's what I really like about here. Uh, and from the, from the PPR standpoint, I think he's still going to be in play. I just think yesterday it just didn't go go his way. I'm not writing him off. He's somebody, if the trade deadline hasn't passed in my league, I'm going to be targeting him this week. You can, I mean, the, the guy that owns him might say, okay, he had less than 10 points the last two out of three games. Maybe it's time to move him, so I'm going to buy. Jake, who would you rather have going forward, Jarek McKinnon or Tevin Coleman? And I asked that,
2: obviously, given Devontae Freeman suffered a concussion yesterday. And let's remember, he had this major concussion this past summer. And here it is again, concussed. And Thomas Davis came out after the game yesterday and said, Listen, the Hitchens hit didn't knock Devontae Freeman out. He was concussed in our game last week, and it should have been yeah. taken out then, which means he played with a concussion yesterday. So, again, we'll start with Tevin Coleman versus Jarek McKinnon, and then we'll get into Tevin Coleman going forward. So, what do you think there?
1: I would say it's kind of a – it's a tough situation. If you're talking about the immediate short term, I'm taking Tevin Coleman because it's going to be his backfield and we don't have to worry about this nonsense really. If you're talking about long term and Freeman's back in two weeks and you're talking about the split backfields, I'm still taking McKinnon over Coleman every single time. And that's not even a question. But you're going to tell me Tevin Coleman's getting 20 touches in a game. I'm going to take that over most running backs or timeshares.
3: Yeah, look, if – Tevin Coleman's been an RB2, pretty much, with the upside of an RB1, but he had Freeman blocking him. I mean, Freeman's been Mr. Green Zone, Red Zone, whatever you want to call it. And i got to think, we heard Dr. Ray say it in the preseason, second concussion, He and what you hear from Tommy Davis, I'm concerned this is going to be a long, long-term effect for Freeman. So if, if Coleman's going to be eaten on this team, you, you got to like him. He's he's an RB1 as well. I think so, too.
2: But let's kind of project not just the short-term, Jake. Let's talk about the long-term as well. With Tevin Coleman uh, in there, Devontae Freeman concussed. Now, everyone reacts to a concussion differently, right? We saw De- Devontae Adams seemingly die and play 10, year, ten, ten days later, score a couple of touchdowns. Like, he was awesome, and he's bounced back, and he's great, and all this stuff. I don't know that Devontae Freeman bounces back so quickly. Like, he had the concussion this summer— and it took him a little while to get back. Let's not forget that. He didn't come back a couple of days later. It took him a little bit while here. And now he played with his concussion. Uh, the Falcons are going to be very scrutinized, much like the Colts will be with be Brissett and the Seahawks are being with Russell Wilson. They're going to be scrutinized. Monte Freeman may be out a couple of weeks here, which is going to really hurt people on this playoff push.
1: Yeah, and that's the biggest issue here, and that's part of the reason why I would lean to Devin Coleman is because you're going to get him with the very little shared in the backfield. I mean, there'll be some other touches to Teron Ward or somebody like that, but it's not going to be anything like the split that we saw with Freeman and Coleman. So that's the upside here is the fact that you're going to get Coleman by himself the concern is if you're a freeman owner you're probably not looking at him for a couple weeks because you mentioned you go back to the fact that it's something that shouldn't have it didn't happen in that game he should have been more paid attention to or whatever you want to look at so i'm just saying this i'm with you i'm concerned long term from a freeman owner i was already concerned before this game given his performance so far this year
2: given that Tevin Coleman is now the number one guy. Somebody has to fill seemingly that Tevin Coleman role. That is Teron Ward, who you just mentioned. And Matt, a lot of people, a lot of analysts, always said if Devonta Freeman goes down, the backup is not Tevin Coleman; it's Teron Ward. How important is it to go get Teron Ward this week?
3: I mean, look—if you can pick him up, yeah, great. I mean, you you want to start securing a bench. And I mean, look—if you have Devonta Freeman, I'm going to try and get him. But I mean, there's other backs out there, like. For me, what happened in Green Bay this past week with, with, with those backs going down, I want Jamal Williams. Yeah, I, I, want, I want
2: Jamal Williams as well. And, Jake, this is your chance, man. This is the opportunity to win for all year. Aaron Jones goes down with the MCL. Tom Montgomery goes down with the ribs yesterday. And now here we are. It's Jamal Williams' backfield, baby, just how you predicted it. Uh,
1: this is exactly how I predicted it. And the other problem is, you know what? He hasn't been that impressive this year. I'm going to be the first to admit. <laughs> what is averaging, like three yards per carry, yeah. even again yesterday? So, it's his backfield by default. The biggest thing is, we even said it last week, is I expected him to take this backfield as in a share with Ty Montgomery the entire time. I said it's because Ty Montgomery can't pass block that you're going to see more Jamal Williams, and there'll be a timeshare between the two. But I think that's going to turn into RB2 value. Ty Montgomery's not going to go anywhere. Now it's been injuries to Ty Montgomery. It's been injuries to Aaron Aaron Jones, who took the Jamal Williams role that I thought was going to happen, and now it's all his. But I, I'm not expecting RB1 value, given how he's looked this year.
2: Fair enough, and I think, I, I think that's reasonable. Um, let me ask you this, guys. Yesterday we saw, once again, Juju get in the end zone. We saw Robbie Anderson get in the end zone. We saw Monster Day from Sterling Shepard. Jakey, how would you rate these three guys going for a little mini-rank for you? Juju, Robbie Anderson, Sterling Shepard.
1: I would probably go reverse order just because I know every single week Shepard, Shep, well, Shepard's the only option they have outside of Evan Ingram, who's basically another wide receiver for them. Shepard's probably looking at double-digit targets every week for the rest of the season. Robbie Anderson has been great. He's been a great find. been on him for a lot, of the, a lot of the year, but at the same time, he's on a touchdown run right now. Is he really going to catch a touchdown every single week? I'm a Robbie Anderson supporter. I just don't know if I could buy into that. At least where Shepard's getting the targets every single week. It could be a curse week next week. And then for the last option, Juju Smith-Schuster. Look, Martavis Bryant still got in the mix a little bit yesterday. Ben Roethlisberger targeted him early on in that game for a big play downfield. I'm not saying I don't like Juju Smith-Schuster, but let's just even throw Martavis Bryant out. The bigger thing that I talk about with Shepard and Anderson, and Matt knows this, I've said it a million times, is the number three wide receiver or the number two wide receiver is always number three at best at the Steelers, if you talk about behind Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell.
3: I'm gonna agree with Jake on that. He, I mean, Shepard's just getting too much volume, and Robbie Anderson is 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 a close second. And it's true to so like you say, Marcus Bryant's still all around. Four consecutive games though, Robbie Anderson scored a touchdown, the same as Shepard's teammate,
2: Evan Ingram. We'll take a break. We'll come back. A couple more headlines to get to. Play a little true or false football. And get to your calls eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Fantasy football frenzy, killing it on
3: a Monday. 84 fntsy That's 844-843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy
0: source 24 hours a day.
2: So Jake just texted me an awesome tweet from Heath Cummings. And. We mentioned quite a bit uh, how much the Saints have changed as an offense and how not that Drew Brees is a game manager, but in fantasy football, it's not the top two quarterback that you're used to getting. Now, this offense is extremely different. So, Jay, why don't you read the tweet from Heath that you just sent me?
1: Yeah, the tweet from Heath Cummins was that Brees is averaging 33 pass attempts per game. He hasn't averaged less than 40 since 2009. By the way, in 2009, they just happened to go to the
2: Super Bowl. This is a plan that works, Matt Modica. Running the football more, using your defense to win games. We talk about head coaching candidates. Dennis Allen's probably going to get another shot at this thing. Got fired up by the Raiders. uh, But ultimately, he's turned a a, laughing stock of a defense for years since he left New Orleans. Mm Are you one of the best defenses in the NFL? Mm
3: -hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But if you look at it, too, it's, it's. I mean, using your personnel correctly. And when you have uh, Ingram and Kamara, guys that can run it, catch it. You have Michael Thomas out there. I mean, they don't have a viable pass-catching tight end, unfortunately. But and they have everything else. you got a deep threat in in Ted Ginn. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the defense, what they needed was a linebacker. They were able to fill that need. And getting a lot of more was, you know... A fantastic pick. this kid, you know, I keep saying it, but he, he every week he gets it done. He is pro Pro Football Focus has him uh, graded highest rookie, you know. So hey, that's that's impressive enough right there when you consider you know that Kareem Hunt, that Alvin Kamara.
2: Yeah, it is, and it's using your personnel as you mentioned correctly, and playing your strengths. That it's actually what Sean Payton did when he traded away Adrian Peterson, opening up more uh, time and. and Clearing the heads as we kind of figured out today. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you look Ingram and Alvin Kamara, if
3: you look since that post AP trade, yeah, Ingram has touched the ball 21 times or more in four out of those five games, and both these backs Ingram has in over those five games 111.9 points in a PPR. Kamara has 101 points in a PPR.
2: Going over to Houston now, Jake, um, we learned a couple of things with the Texans this week. And I don't don't know if it's learned or relearned or maybe cemented, but the first is with DeAndre Hopkins. Tom Savage isn't Brock Osweiler, which is a good thing. I'm not saying he's worse or better or whatnot. He just isn't the same guy. And that means DeAndre Hopkins is going to get the football. Whether they're up, whether they're down, whether it's close, whether it's far— Tom Savage is going to throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. He threw it 14 times his way. Good for 7 and 111. I was one of those people that really feared DeAndre Hopkins going forward. Um, Anywhere I had him, I tried to train him away. Uh, I didn't believe he was a wide receiver one the rest of the way without Deshaun Watson. He has to be called that now, right?
1: No, yeah, he definitely was going to, and that's what, this is exactly why he still was after the situation and the changeover to Tom Savage. It's as inaccurate as Tom Savage can be, as ineffective as Tom Savage can be, it's similar to Brock, Brock Osweiler. Look at Brock Osweiler with the Broncos, as say, as soon as he took over, Demarius Thomas stocked back up, back up into that fringe wide receiver one conversation. Because both of them target the little back out of both of their wide receivers. There'll be some days, like yesterday with Brock where Emmanuel Sanders will pop off, mm-hmm. and there'll be some days. I don't know if it'll be Will Fuller, but it'll be there'll be one or two games down the rest of the way where Tom Savage will find somebody else for some value. Maybe CJ Fedorowitz now that he's back. <laughs> but the good news is either way you look at it, you're looking at double digit targets per game. And it's kind of, I'm going to go back to something I said at the beginning of the season. Another thing that Matt knows exactly where I'm going with this is at the beginning of the season when it was supposed to be Tom Savage, I said, if you look at what the usage was in the preseason in that first game, if Tom Savage is only completing 50% of his passes to DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins is still going to be a wide receiver one because it was on pace for 180 targets. I only need him to catch 90 to be a wide receiver
2: one. Ultimately, you said. There may be a game or two or three that Tom Savage throws the ball to somebody else other than DeAndre Hopkins. So I have to ask you, Matt, given Will Fuller's injury yesterday, can that other guy be Bruce Ellington? Is there something here? Seven targets last week, four for 41 a touchdown this week. We know he was the thing before we got hurt in San Francisco. A lot of people like Bruce Ellington they think he's talented. Is there anything here with Bruce Ellington?
3: Yeah, there's no Will Fuller, but I'll say this. Tom Savage is better in the in the fact that he will get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. I think Brack Oswald is actually a better quarterback than Tom Savage. And you know, maybe it's just the Denver thing fits him better in that situation. But the one thing Tom the only thing Tom Savage has seemed to do well this uh, as quarterback of the Texans is actually get the targets to Hopkins. And Ellington is relevant with Will Fuller out. Yeah. Is he worth a pickup relevant Jake? Ellington,
1: Bruce, eh, he's, I would say, a deeper league, 14-team okay. plus, 12-team with deep rosters. He's fringed. you got to look still at the waiver wire from last week. I mean, we were still – I went on my waiver article saying, hey, here's your last warning about Robbie Anderson. So if people just are still – it's that point of the year where there's still a lot of teams in your average home leagues where people have checked out already. So the Robbie Andersons That's of the world point. that have been sitting there for a couple of weeks is just should have been picked up by now is still floating out there. So there are probably better options, maybe Marquise Lee. People still don't want to trust anybody from the Jaguars, and Marquise Lee has been great of late. So he's definitely, he's in that conversation with the other stashes for upside, like a Coleman, and you're hoping that, like, D.D. Westbrook ever gets on the field at this point. So he's in that conversation right now.
2: So you you brought up a really interesting point about how certain players aren't paying attention anymore, caring as more, because they're out of it. And for those of us that are still in it, you have guys we talked about Jamal Williams Teron Ward, Bruce Ellington. There's all these guys out there, but you're also you're setting yourself up for the for the future. Shutting yourself up for the playoffs, you can only play a certain number of guys. When you have a bench, you want your handcuffs. I'm assuming at this point of the year, you know, make sure nothing happens. Do you? drop these types of players for the Jamal Williams the Terran Wards the the Bruce Ellingtons or do you kind of stay the course I mean I'm going to talk about from my perspective because I I honestly don't know what to do for instance I have Matt Breda in a league because I own Carlos Hyde both these guys are on a bye I don't really have anyone to drop this week I need a a tight end this week because I have Jack Doyle, he's on a buy, And I have Greg Olsen coming back, he's on a buy. So I drop Jack Doyle? Probably because I have Olsen coming back. But ultimately, you know, I want to make a maneuver. I'd like to go get Teron Ward. I'd like to go get Jamal Williams. But in order to do so, I'm probably going to have to drop somebody like Matt Brady. Does that make sense for somebody like me who owns Carlos Hyde? Does it make sense to drop a handcuff, uh, a Sharkandrick West, if you have Kareem Hunt? Does that make sense to do for Jamal Williams or any of the other guys, uh, Samaj Pirine, any of the other guys this week?
1: Yes, if the person ends up being a starter. So right now, you're maximizing your bench for two things. You're talking about handcuffs, as you just mentioned, right now with Breda and Carlos Hyde, and then two, potential starters. So I'm going to go back to you, know Greg. I hate to disrespect the guy, but I always called it by Greg Jennings' rule. Mm-hmm. Greg Jennings on your bench. When was he ever going to be in your lineup? That's what you have to look at your bench right now and decide. Is this person ever going to be in my lineup outside of the buys and even then was he ever going to be in my lineup or is he just depth if the answer is he's just depth and you hate to lose that value you have to suck it up and lose that value because jamal williams has to be owned if you can go get jamal williams he's a starting running back drop somebody you got to go get your handcuffs but if your handcuff is like a breed a hide situation as much as it would pain you to do that if your option is a jamal williams you got to make that move now if your option is a, hey look at a bruce ellington who could potentially become a wide receiver too no you don't do that because you're just gambling on the similar thing breed is a gamble in case Hyde gets hurt ellington's a gamble that he could ever show up some value down the road so if you have a starter like williams that just comes up and are like maybe deandre hopkins were to get hurt and all of a sudden bruce ellington then you can make that move, but you're not dropping handcuffs unless it's guaranteed pure value on the waiver wire.
3: I think you, this might work out itself. If if uh, Jacoby Brissett can't play this week... Well, he's, they're able to buy. Oh, yeah, they're going to buy. So you, you have uh, Doyle. I think you got to make a decision between Doyle and Olson. Well, I'm going to... Yeah, I, I don't know... That. I, I really don't want to drop Matt Brader if I have if I own Carlos Hyde. Yeah. I, I think was if Hyde does get hurt or something, it's just he's gonna get all those catches and rushing I get it. attempts. I get it. So I don't want to do that.
2: It's a tough situation. It's a tough I mean, I have both Miami and
3: this is the guy, both Miami running backs. You know. Oh, I see who you don't want to drop. There's a guy that you don't want to drop on your bench. Which one? Who are you uh, ta- the bottom guy? This guy? Well, I like
2: this guy. We not, talked I, about I like him. him, too. The guy that we're referring to, Jake, and everybody <laughs> listening and watching. It's Rod Smith. I picked up Rod Smith last week. He led the Cowboys in snaps. Is Rod Smith better off or worse off than Saron Ward or uh, Samaje Pirine or Jamal Williams? Probably, yeah. I, I dropped him for Jamal yes. Williams, sure. But is he better or worse than like, a guy like Taron Ward and Samaj Pirine? No,
1: because they're yeah. in timeshare. So yeah. if you uh, if that's the upside you want to go with and you're looking at the best team here, look, look Pierre Ryan's had his opportunities this year and hasn't done much with him. Yep. So this, we've already seen Pierre Ryan. Yep. See, Teron Ward, we've seen him in the past, too, and he's going to be the second option behind Tevin Coleman. So even at best, let's just say all those rumors about, oh, he's a backup, he's the true one, it's still going to be a timeshare. It's never going to be all of a sudden Teron ward is getting 20-plus touches in a game. So – if you're looking at two timeshares and a timeshare you already own and one being behind one of the better offensive lines that's now back to playing like it was last year and a pretty daggone good offense, I am still I would hold on to Rod Smith of those. But for Jamal Williams, he's gone.
2: Yeah, you, gotta, you, you do what you got to do um, for Jamal Williams. I think the point that Jake's trying to make, you can, you can read his column uh, coming out tomorrow night at midnight. Very excited for that. Yes, <laughs> as always. As always. Check the link. Check the link. Can you, true or false, Matt Modica, you could drop Tyrod Taylor for Blake Bortles right now?
3: Do I want to do that? No. Okay. I mean, I, I think Blake Bortles isn't that good neither. I mean, at least uh, Tyrod Taylor, for the most part, I know it had, uh, yesterday was... I think only Rob Johnson had a worse day on uh, pass attempts <laughs> and yardage <laughs> for the Bills. But at least uh, he can get the yardage on the ground and stuff. So I'd rather have Tyrod Taylor. At
2: least he won't get benched for Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie won't get benched again. Yeah, oh, th- uh. that
3: still pisses me
2: off. True <laughs> <laughs> sure or false, Jake? Austin Eckler is going to have three or more games with 60 total yards.
1: I would actually say true at this point, Just because... Look, it only has to be a timeshare, and I think that he's pushing his way towards not a 50-50, but maybe a 65-35, or even a 60-40, because again, it goes back to what we talked at the beginning. I don't think Melvin Gordon's 100%, and I don't think he's going to be for the rest of the year.
2: We take a break. We come back and answer your telephone calls. A couple more true and falses here. Fantasy Football Frenzy, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thinking of giving DFS a try? Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and entry contests only. Fantasy Factor runs NFL and NBA free rolls each and every week. It's free to enter. Sign up today at www.fantasyfactor.com. All right. I mentioned Rob Smith a lot during the break, but what if you are a Darren McFadden owner? Jake, one snap yesterday, one rush, negative two yards. You pick up Darren McFadden with all the Ezekiel Elliott stuff going on. Is yesterday's performance enough for you to say peace?
1: Yep, cuz he already was before that. Well, at least in my opinion, I was telling a lot of people to go ahead and let him go. If you needed a roster spot, if you needed to move on from it, like I didn't want to, let's be clear about that. But if he was the person on your bench, like I had a lot of people last week, he's a, a perfect example was a hide owner with breeders. Like, do I drop Brita? Do I drop Darren McFadden? Or do I drop Damien Williams? It's like, McFadden's the one to go. Like he, he could surprise. I hate the fact that it could potentially happen because this is a backfield that we're making a lot of assumptions on, believing in reports, believing in usage up to this date. But according to everything we saw and everything we heard and every report out there, he was third. And yesterday just cemented that. So in my opinion, he was already on that conversation. Now, after seeing it prove positive, he's definitely up for it.
3: Yeah, all those running backs you mentioned in, in in the previous segment I'd rather have than uh Devin Fadden. I totally agree
2: with that. Isaiah Corral, Matt had a very good day yesterday. True or false, you can trust Isaiah Carroll going
3: forward. Well, he's back in the circle of trust. Yeah, I mean, you probably drafted him in the 3rd 4th round area. I mean, I'm going to just assume what are your options? I mean, maybe the other running back you had got hurt. So, yeah, at this point, I'm pretty much going to put him out there. It's about back-to-back weeks where he's gotten it done. So, yeah, I'm still always going to be a little hesitant with this Browns offense. Anybody not named uh, Duke Johnson, because he'll at least catch the passes and remain relevant in that aspect. But, yes, I'm at the point right now where I'm probably playing him unless I have something much better. 844-843-6879.
2: That's 844 fntsy Let's talk to Chaz in Minnesota. What's up, Chaz? We got Chaz? We got Chaz?
3: Maybe not, no Chaz Unfortunately, I wanted some Vikings stuff. You wanted to
2: talk some Vikings, I know You always want to talk to Vikings All right. <laughs> We'll try to get back to Chaz uh, in, in a few moments here So, how confident are you, Jake That Robert Woods And what he has done over the past two weeks Is 100% real My only hesitation mm-hmm. The reason I bring up the question Is face the Giants defense Face the Texans defense Going forward, he hasn't faced those two defenses anymore I believe they face the Vikings coming up this week. How confident are you in Robert Woods?
1: I'd only put it like a six at a six and a half out of ten because I liked him up to the point before he started scoring touchdowns. As I said, look, in PPR, he's been very consistent. He's been their most consistent option way back in like week six, I think it was, or week five when I wrote him up for the first couple times in the waiver column I was talking about if you looked at the games, it was like 50, 60 yards, a few catches every single game outside of one. He was just very consistent. But the problem that I have is still the one that I mentioned last week is that up until last week, he hadn't scored since the middle of the last season, so now it's back back weeks, and I'm not just ready all of a sudden to say, oh, he's a huge red zone threat because I'm going to bring something else back up that I mentioned as well. Is Cooper Cup still dominates this team in red zone targets and actually the league, and so you look at it, they still look Cup's way. It didn't happen for him yesterday. I, I missed on that one. I thought he was going to have the better game, and then you have Sammy Watkins. Again, two catches, one for a touchdown, so... I don't think that we're going to all of a sudden bank on Robert Woods becoming this touchdown maker. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I see him more as a wide receiver three still, and I think a lot of people want to treat him as a wide receiver two, as in he's a must-start. Wide receiver three, there's a conversation you might be having with other people on your roster.
2: Yeah, well, wide receiver three, I, think I feel if you feel very confident. It's, it's interesting, Matt. Uh, in another league, I had Robert Woods, and I know it was a matchup, but I started him yesterday over Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I started him all over Juju yesterday worked out for me, Um, but it's a conversation you have to have, especially going up against your Minnesota Vikings.
3: Yeah, no, and it's all dependent upon, will teams start moving around who's going to cover Woods? I mean, if that happens, then that's going to change around... He's still a guy... Yeah, To me, he is low end number two, high end number three, maybe low end number two at upside. He... As long as Sammy Watkins is only getting two to four targets a week, and it's Woods and Cup that are receiving the volume here in this offense, he's very relevant. But I do want to see how teams approach him, especially as he's got Minnesota and New Orleans up next.
2: Absolutely. Let's stay with the Vikings here,
3: Matt. And let me ask this. Is Adam Thielen a rock-solid wide receiver one going forward? I mean, I I think so. I mean, I'm I'm trying to find, like, you know, I I, I have to do it, but um, give me 11 guys, I'm going to start ahead of him. Can you do that, Jake? Or do you believe that he's a wide receiver one?
1: Uh, Who is that? Because I was just reading a stat related to Robert Woods, so
2: (laughs) (laughs) I missed the question. (laughs) It's a team they're playing this week in the Minnesota Vikings. Adam Thielen, is he a wide receiver one?
1: Uh, I, I don't think I could definitely say it. that. Is, you know what? We'll do it on, during On Target today. You know what we do when we don't know where a player ranks. You know what we do, right? Greg? I do. You know where we go with that. We make a list. You so made a list. We'll do that today. Uh, I think that he's in the conversation. He's fringe. He's going to be right around that range because he's just been too good to ignore. But, by the way, just the stat I want to give you, yep. it was from Scott Barrett, a pro football focus. Since week three, Robert Woods ranked sixth among all wide receivers in fantasy points per game. Only 29th in targets per game, though. Very interesting.
2: I mean I, I feel like it has like kind of turned around though now like there's been more reliability there as of late, hasn't
1: there? Yeah, there is, but that's actually that's pretty much been on the same pace for all those games.
2: Okay so uh, a lot of it Matt definitely is the defenses that they're facing the Giants and the Texans uh, two teams that really really struggle on the defensive side of the ball. But a defense that actually has been a little bit better as of late has been the Indianapolis Colts. You held Roethlisberger, uh, the 236-2. And, and I kept. I feel like we said this early on in the year, too, particularly with the rush defense, that the Colts defense isn't as bad as we thought.
3: I feel like we say that every week, don't we? Pretty much so. We kind of do. And Road Ben. Uh, was looking like road bed and he kind of bailed out his owners, at least in the six-point leagues that I play in. He wound up, I think, with just over 24 points. But it looked bleak early on. I mean, they were getting shut out like, right before the half. They got a field goal right before. Yeah. It. So... You know that, that's why you play the four quarters as Scott did mention. Doesn't matter when it comes as long as it comes.
2: Well, uh, it, it's true. It obviously doesn't matter. But I look at the Steelers and again, Jake, and I know you're Mister Anthony Ben Roethlisberger, and you always have been. But <laughs> but like everybody, everybody and their mother loved Ben uh, Roethlisberger this week. Well, my buddy Frank Staple yeah. uh, as well. But it, this is him on the road. Nothing has changed.
1: No, and if you're watching, like you said, everything Matt just said on top of it, I don't know if it's as much the Colts' defense because I, okay. I haven't been saying that. I'm looking at the Colts' defense, and I look at every single week and say, you know what, at least passing-wise, you exploit this defense. And yeah. They can't stop anybody in the passing game. They haven't stopped anybody this entire year. Like, I think everybody has gone for at least a touchdown, if not more, against them. I forget. I'd have to go back and look at my article from last week. But it was all the appeal here was saying, hey, you know what, this, this is a game. Ben can show up for on the road and I even said that in a DFS piece last week was like hey this is a game you could use him on the road if he doesn't show up here this means it's 100% true and it kind of looks like Ben Roethlisberger even on his good day is less than what you would want from Ben Roethlisberger there's something about playing on the road with this guy
2: yeah, there, there. Is, whatever it is, he he likes home cooking, likes sleeping in his own bed. I don't know what it is, but there's clearly something here. The ben closest
1: anything—it's so weird that we don't have an answer. The closest anything has come, and I don't remember who tweeted it, so I'm sorry to that person. Scott but they said that yeah, probably he said <laughs> when they're on the road, they run under under center a lot more than they do at home, where it's a lot more shotgun. it the only thing that there—it's uh, just a theory because of that—that that maybe he's just more comfortable
2: in shotgun. But why, so, why do you think they do that, though? Like, why would you change and your mind? Nobody
1: has the answer for why they do it.
2: it sounds like a Todd Haley It's
1: thing. The, one of the biggest mysteries of the last three years.
3: Huh. That's very strange. I mean, I, I can see if you're in, like, Arrowhead or CenturyLink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you, like you that get it on the ground, and hand it under, off. 100%. Your...
2: Very, that's, that's a really interesting stat. Two deeply, guys I want to ask you about before we, we hit the next break. Um,. Start in Chicago. That Chicago Green Bay game, we thought, we said. I hey, think Matt, you were saying that. Like, listen, we got to see Brett Hundley open up a little bit. I'm sorry, we have to see Mitchell Trubisky open up a little bit. We have to see what this kid's got, and he did. And the leading wide receiver for
3: Chicago was my guy, Dontrell Inman. Is there anything here with Dontrell Inman? I mean, if he's going to be the number one guy, I think they have to let this kid throw the ball. Now you could say it was the Green Bay secondary and all that. It's John Fox, so I don't really have anything absolute. If he has the opportunity, he's going to give Jordan Howard 30-plus attempts. How
2: amazing Jake was, by the way, was John
3: Fox challenging
2: and causing his team to turn the ball over?
1: The best thing. That this, was of one of the best things. And his face, his reaction afterwards, too, it was just terrific. By the way, Greg, on Dontrell Internet, here you go. Internet high five here right here because the last two weeks in the waiver column, I said for the future, pick up Dontrell Inman even during their bye, pick him again last week and get Dontrell Inman on your team because there's the one thing is last year he was the best receiver down the stretch for the Chargers, mostly because they didn't have anybody, but... The Bears don't have anybody at wide receiver. So I was actually on, on Trail Iman with you there. I, I like that call.
2: I liked him last is Same exact thing you just said. He was good last year with the Chargers when they had nobody else. Now the Bears have nobody else. Like He's clearly better than your guy, Sammy Coates, who I saw you tweeting about yesterday.
1: My guy. He hasn't been my guy since his rookie season. Come on, you now. love him. <laughs> I jumped off real quick. I was like, yeah, I saw that car starting
2: to be on fire, and I was out the door, man. That was not one you were gonna stay handcuffed to. I, I understand that. No. Um So that's one guy, Dashiell. I I'm in mean, a little love there. Uh Can we find any love for for Maurice Harris? Huh? How about that catch yesterday?
3: It was a hell of a catch, and you know uh, surpassed so Terrell Pryor in the Jeff Show Al, real quick. Pryor, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was crazy. I was like. Could it be? Like when I first saw it? Cause you you, you do know, know who this guy is. It was just a great catch. I didn't know who caught the ball. But of course it wasn't Terrell Pryor. No, that's Terrell Pryor. Or Josh Doxson. <laughs> no.
2: Terrell Pryor not targeted. Josh Doxson had a touchdown, man. He yeah. slipped. Xavier Rose slipped and he slipped. Touchdown against Xavier Rose it would have been awesome. Instead, nothing. The road remained closed. The road remained closed. <laughs> we take a break. We'll try to get your phone lines working at 844-843-6879. If we don't, we'll all be back here in a moment. Stick around. We're We're Frenzy coming up next. Experts.com slash DKMS. Go there uh, and find out more information and get that kick to swab your cheeks. You become a bone marrow donor. It doesn't hurt. It, it, all these misconceptions how intense it is. You're saving someone's life. And no pain in your no real pain of your own. We've talked to many guests here on this network about it. Uh, and you could do it at RotoExperts.com slash DKMS. All the information is there at your fingertips. So please take a moment and check out the links. You check the link there. It's rotoexperts.com slash DKMS. You have a DFS contest at the bottom of that page. You can go to the Super Bowl. If you wind up winning any of the first 16 weeks and you qualify for week 17, you win that one, you head to the big game. And also the DKMS Big Game Tribute Challenge, is still rocking and rolling. Uh, Jake, you guys had a winner on this show last week. It was nuts.
1: It was nuts. I still can't believe it happened. Hey, the, the way they nailed the last question from audio from
2: Eric, Eric Winston, Winston of all
3: people—unbelievable! You could have yeah. given me a thousand guesses; I would have never got it.
2: And the crazy thing is, like Jake, you are a, a football maven, right? Like Matt, like you are—you are you're incredible. And Scott Angle's been doing this for a million years. We play this audio for all you guys, and you're just like, I have no
3: idea. No idea.
2: It's no. amazing that he without hesitation. Without hesitation yeah. and, and, and he
3: knew what it was from. He, he nailed the Matt Castle He knew exactly this Matt Castle
2: injury. He remembered exactly where it was from. Just an unbelievable job by Matt. Good job, Matt. If you're listening in, we appreciate you. Congratulations, my friend. Let's try the phone lines again. Let's go to Ed in Long Island. What's up, Ed?
0: Hey, how you doing, guys?
2: Doing well, man. How how are you?
0: All right, I'm doing good. I won this week, but I'm really weak at uh wide receiver and I got Dez in there I don't know should I just not play him and play Schuster or Adams as my other uh, options
2: so I think, it's, I think it's a really good question Jake uh, by Ed so you have Dez Bryant and he's been frustrating you and I get that he's banged up he hasn't had more than un, uh, hasn't had over 100 yards all the season Matt told me earlier on but he's still a major red zone threat how would you rank these three guys going forward Jakey Devante Adams Dez Bryant and Juju
1: Tez Bryant and then probably it depends on the format in PPR I'd probably still lean to DeVonte Adams but in a standard it's Juju Smith-Schuster, but it's also Monday. The week 10 hasn't even finished yet.
3: Yes, of, of, of course. But can I'll, you— I'll stay with Dez. I mean, stay with I'm, I'm okay. going to keep him up top. I mean, you've got to hope, but, I mean, especially without Elliott. If, if, if they, is, is Smith coming back this week, or is he, this going to be an extended absence on this offensive line? Because well, she's going to have to go to Dez at some point, point. Uh, and Dez is still a red zone weapon. So I'm going to go with Dez.
2: All right, so we'll go with Dez. So there you go, Ed. Don't make change yet from Devont to, to Devontae Adams or to Juju Smith-Schuster, but take a little bit of optimism here when it comes to Devontae Adams. Who
1: yeah, are you it? talking to? Are you. No, sorry. So I had I, a thing with my headset. I, take <laughs> off I was headset. like, Jake. I thought ahead. you were looking right. I thought you were looking right at me and saw me do it. That's why. So, uh, so sorry. I did.
2: I did see you, but I didn't realize you didn't hear that as well. So, Jake, no, it, no. I said a little bit of optimism when it comes <laughs> to the Adams at the Brett Hundley's performance yesterday. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, even last week before that, the one thing I said about we are we heading into this week, uh, we talked about it on Sunday morning during the ranking or the uh, the lineup live show is the fact that I would rank them Adams. Then it's Nelson Cobb Cobb then Nelson actually in a PPR because the one thing similar to is Tom Savage, similar to Brock Osweiler. Humley is going to Devontae Adams the most.
2: So yeah, so a little bit of reliability. I asked you this Matt earlier, so I want to throw it back to Jake again. Adams is the most. They're doing whatever they can to get Randall Cobb the ball, a couple of Wildcat formations yesterday, trying to get Randall Cobb involved in the offense. But Jordy Nelson's really taking a back seat, like third in line, Jordy Nelson. What do we do?
1: You bench him, and I gotta tell you, if your best option to drop on your bench is Jordy Nelson or Matt Breida and you own Carlos Hyde, and you have to go get Jamal Williams, I think long and hard about letting Nelson go. I know it's painful to see, but he was touchdown reliant to start the year, and Aaron Rodgers isn't
2: coming back. There you go, Jake said, if necessary, you can drop Jordy Nelson for Jamal Williams. Wild. Hour number one is done. One more to go. It's the Goon Hour. Live on YouTube. Coming up next.